Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. Yeah. Robbie Croyle. Hello. And myself, Logan. We're missing a Jennifer. We're missing Jennifer. Just the two of us. She's probably having a grand old time. She is. She told me to say no, to tell her to say no. Not for me to say no, for her to say no. Did you say no? I I told her. I said, you. Because she. I, I was like, you're planning on not coming to Footnotes today, right? And she was like, well, I could. And she started vacillating about how she, she could maybe come, and then, and then she could head home and start on school. And I was like, no, you said to, uh, nope, nope, nope. You, that's not what you told me to do. It's a hard no. You got to give it a hard no. So Jen is at home working on the schoolwork. Nice. Working on becoming a master is really what it is. Yeah. Master Jen. Master of her own destiny. Yeah. There you go. She's finishing up her semester. I think this is... I don't know. Is this the last semester? I, th- I think it is. This is It's like the final countdown. Man, she can smell it. Something like that. That was pretty close. It was pretty close. Oh, yeah. It was roughly right. Speaking like of roughly right, that was the core value we went over this week. Absolutely. Which was convenient because for being roughly right... Uh, things didn't go all very roughly wrong this week. No, no, it went really well. First, Fantastic. First time in a new location, new time. First time doing service at the downtown in All Souls. We were kind of stressing maybe about 20 minutes before because we were missing one little password. Yep, we needed, yeah, there was a password that was needed, uh, but we got the password. We are having a couple of tech issues rolling into things but we got her we got her figured out and the stream was online and we were starting services on time oh my gosh it's beautiful it was wild it was a wild time to be alive so yeah first time mobile in a long time oh that is a whole different beast i had forgotten just how different of a beast that was i was tired yeah i was tired when, when i got home yeah, we got done with we got done with service and I was I was done. Fine. Yeah. Waking up Sunday morning and That was weird. And having all kinds of time. I didn't know what to do with myself. Because it's not like a Saturday where you don't have to do anything that day. Like you could do whatever you want. Yeah. But but there's enough time. Like there's so many options available. Yeah, there was things I could have done. I yeah. didn't. I didn't do any of those things. I puttered about my house, did a little cleaning, did a little reading. We we got some things done. We we went to the gym. Came and, and got ready for service. We cleaned up a little bit from the two birthdays. Ah, the birthday party. The birthday bash. The, pre, the birthday bash from yeah, the night before. Yeah, That's last right. week I got a text from my second son saying, Dad, Remember the party I told you about? We're having it at your house. Oh yeah, yeah. You're doing a birthday party at your yeah. house. Okay, yeah. we knew that. Yeah. Okay, that's good news. Uh, he goes thirty 
plus people. <laughs> that was the first text. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, thank you for giving me a heads it's up. It's good to have that's, heads up that this, this is... That's good. This is becoming a shindig. Yes. This is becoming a thing. Yes. All right. And um, and he wasn't too far off from that number. All right, all right. Uh, a couple hours later, I got another text. Yep. 40. Oh. We'll have 40 people there. And fortunately, he when he stopped off or when he first came in... Uh, they uh, they brought in quite a bit of food, and uh, we provided quite a bit of food. But it was a good time. But he's like, uh, yeah, some people have canceled. I'm thinking, okay, that'll make things a little more manageable. But <laughs> it, it's still, yeah, thirty. We had close to thirty. It was a good time. It was good. It was it was a lot of fun. It's good to good to celebrate, old Josh and Shanoa. Yeah, and Happy people birthday to them. People came and went. You know, so it wasn't like thirty all at once. Uh, we had some people that came in like, later. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah. there you go. Recuperation from that the night before, and then into services at four thirty p.m. That was a strange time to. It just felt it felt weird. It's going to take a little adjusting to, I think, for myself personally. Yeah. You get used to that, but uh, it's like flying back east and then. Operating it under a new time zone. Yeah, and things are weird and that. And yeah, yeah, just a different, just different. But that's all right. Cool, cool. I, I really enjoy the the environment we were able to create. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice being able to like walk around and talk with people as opposed to scoot around. Mm. Just it just it feels different. It having, does having elbow room and. I don't know, worshiping in a room, it was better acoustics, for sure. Yep. Uh, much much livelier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, excited to grow into the space. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Well, let's get into some footnotey goodness. Oh, we should do that. Some footnotey goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. <clears throat> I've had too much coffee today to get into the lower register and make that sound cool. But anyway, let's talk about you. 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 We've got a quote. Is it a quote or a concept? A conceptualization. There's a number of quotes from N.T. Wright. All right. So Sunday, I, I asked us to wrestle with this idea of why did Jesus come? Okay. And uh, N.T. Wright. Uh, in his book, How God Became King, The Forgotten Story of the Gospels, has a number of ideas in his book, and, and in particular in chapter one, he's, he call, calls this the, the Gospels the, the missing middle. The missing middle. The missing middle. So that's the title of chapter one. That's what he calls the Gospels? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm intrigued. So so let's get there. So... um. The first story that he shares, he says, was over 50 years ago. Uh, at this point, could be close to 60 years. Um, but he said um, he was in high school, and he, with some friends, ran a small Christian study group. Okay. And they decided one term that they would do a series of studies about Jesus, each beginning with the question, Why? The topics included why was Jesus born, why did Jesus live, 
why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus rise again? And why mm. will he return? All right. And he goes on to give a disclaimer that, you know, we we're high school students. We weren't super theological. Like, we weren't trained all that well. So we probably didn't ask the best questions. Maybe didn't even use the best uh, resources or even the best scriptures for their for their arguments, but they were just wrestling through this. I think it's a great... I would love to see a teenagers do that. Yeah. Like, not that I haven't... I, I should clarify, I have seen that. That is a fantastic thing to see. Yeah. Teenagers wrestling with the text. You don't... This is proof that you don't have to have it figured out. Right. To do that. So, uh, uh, N.T. Wright was assigned the task of preparing the leading or leading the second of these questions, why did Jesus leave, live? Okay. Why did Jesus live? He said, I soon realized, even as a raw teenager, that I had drawn the, the short straw. <laughs> uh, after all, if you were given Jesus' birth, you could talk about the incarnation, about God becoming man. Okay. We all had memories of Christian sermons, and we knew how important it was that Jesus wasn't an ordinary human being. He was God in person. There's even the whole question of the virgin birth. No shortage of material there. Absolutely. Plenty of stuff to talk about. He says the same could be true for, for the person who was to speak about Jesus' death. Even at the tender age, we knew not only that it was important to say he died for our sins, but to push a little bit further and ask how that happened, how it made sense. He said, for myself, um, my earliest memory of personal faith was when, at a, as a very small boy, I was overwhelmed re and reduced to tears by the thought of Jesus died for me. Hmm. Um, he goes on to say that uh, with the resurrection and the second coming, um, he said, even though they didn't have a deep uh, understanding, um, but they were th that these were thrilling topics, and they sure. could remember sermons. They could they yeah. could reflect on what people had talked about. But then he says, "But what about the question in the middle? My question: Why did Jesus live? What, in other words, about the bit between the stable and the cross?" Yep. There were, after all, Christian carols and other hymns that took Jesus straight from his poor manger to his bitter cross. Absolutely. Did it matter, according to the four Gospels, that he had a short period of intense, exciting public activity? What truth could we learn from it? Why did it have to be like that? Does it matter that he did all those things that he said? Um... Does it matter that he did all those things and that he said all those things? And then he mm. goes on later in the chapter. Um, he says that there's a puzzling relationship between the Gospels and the great Christian creeds. Okay. Now, he is Anglican. Yep. Uh, which means he has a very strong connection. The Anglicans have a very strong connection to the creeds. It's, it's uh, as a non-denominational church, 
Uh, I think our people are aware of the creeds. Uh, we value the creeds, but yeah. the, the the denominational churches uh, really have a strong connection. And so he's mm-hmm. uh, he's making these statements as uh, uh, Anglican bishop, and um, he says this. My problem with is that the canonical gospels and the creeds are not, in fact presenting the same picture. Mm. The great creeds, when they refer to Jesus, pass directly from his virgin birth to his suffering and death. The four Gospels don't. Oof. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tracking. Mark, Luke, and John all seem to think, uh, or Matthew, all seem to think it's hugely important that they tell us a great deal about what Jesus did between the time of the birth and the time of his death. In particular, they tell us about what we might call his kingdom inaugurating work. The deeds, the words that declared that God's kingdom was coming then and there, in some sense or other, on earth as it is in heaven. They tell us a great deal about that, but the creeds, the great creeds don't. And I love the fact that he calls them the great creeds. Like he's not discounting what the creeds. Yeah, he's do. not throwing them out. He's still revering them. Yes. So this is uh, all right. This is all right, all right. The second article, the fourth century statement of the faith we come to know as the Apostles' Creed. Okay. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, so, Love me a good creed. So again, in our music, mm. we highlight his, his birth— we highlight his death. Sure. In the creeds, we highlight which which I wonder if the creeds uh, give credence to that. Oh sure. Well, I mean, the, yeah, the, absolutely. That's a a lot of that. You're you're stating these things. These are big pillars of the faith, and so of course you're going to sing about them. We don't spend a lot of time singing about the woman at the well. No. No. Uh, that I'm not saying that there are songs out there that deal with that. They're just know. not as typical. No. And and okay. Now now you got me thinking. Okay. Uh oceans. You call me out upon the water. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Uh that's using Peter getting out of the boat yep. imagery. Uh but in a very metaphorical it's not specifically singing about that event. It's using a concept from the event, right? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other versions. Maybe lessons from Jesus, but not 10, definitely 000, not. Ten thousand reasons has uh, has a tendency to like if folk, um, is it ten thousand or, or or a billion reasons? Oh, so will I. So will I. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it starts off with creation. Yeah, God of creation. And then it uh, ends with 
yeah, it's a Christ it, on the cross. Yeah, it ends with Christ on the cross, and there and there are there are a little bit kind of in between, I guess. There's some allusions to that, but it, it does jump to the on a hill you created. Yeah, we jump to that in that that final verse real quick, which which is an important aspect, and and to think of sure. Jesus as Creator. Yeah, as as being uh, an agency of creation. And then just how awesome it is that he could do that and die on the hill that he created. I mean, like that is just mind blowing. It, it's it's some powerful imagery to say the it, it that one specifically depicts the humbling of you you have a God incarnate. Yeah. To use a little little five dollar word there that old NT Wright would probably be pretty pretty happy with. Uh, we got the incarnated God, uh, God in flesh, and he is going to humble himself to the point of, oh man, that sounds like something Paul would say uh, in Philippians, humble himself to the point of death, even hmm. death on a cross. I think I might have just quoted something. Hmm. Uh, maybe a little Philippians 2, if I remember correctly, but I don't remember things, so... Uh, yeah, that would be that. It's definitely playing into that imagery. But yeah, and maybe so, maybe we need to write a worship song. Yeah, I'm gonna call it the Solidarity Worship Song. Uh, and it'll be all about the ins and outs of Jesus's day on a Tuesday. <laughs> 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 uh, I say that jokingly, but I kind of think it's a good idea. Really, what what he's talking about here. And you could tell, like, as a teenager, they probably didn't know of this, and a lot of us probably are not familiar with it, is there is the the solidarity atonement theory, which focuses uh, on, like, Christ came and lived as a human mm. uh, in solidarity with us. Uh, and also the other one, then, would be moral exemplar, to be a moral example but we shy away from that a and, lot of and times. And I think there's elements there. Yeah. Uh, there's components there, but I think there's more. And and N.T. Wright, what he will argue in his in his book, how God became king, is that the kingdom that Jesus was talking about was present tense. Yep. It was being established, and it's continuing to be established. Now, there's a reality that there's an ultimate fulfillment of that kingdom when Christ returns. Yep. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. But we're anywhere you establish, you live out the kingdom values, and as an ambassador, we're always called to do sure. that. Sure. So he's leaning towards a three-part eschatology. We've talked about this before. Right. This was our ice cream cone, our vanilla and chocolate ice cream uh, swirl yep. mix. Yep. Uh, that analogy back in, I, I don't remember when we talked about that. We talked about it at some point, though. I remember that. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so why did Jesus live? Why those three years in particular? Why the three-year ministry? Did he have to make disciples in order to show himself to be the son of God? Did he have to sure. make disciples in order to fulfill prophecy? Did he have to? Yeah. 
make no, disciples. That's, that's fan because though that would be the okay. So in most people, the the quick easy answer of why did well okay. So why did the gospels record what they do? Why don't we just skip to the death? Right? No, we have to prove. We have to proof text that Jesus is actually God. He's fulfilling the prophecy. Right. Right. That a lot of times we're going to view it through that lens, uh, for better or for worse, uh, of that Jesus has to proof text this. And that question that you ask, did he have to make disciples in order to do that? Oh, oh, shoot. I love that question. Oh, I love that. Because I, I, I don't think he did. He could have taught without having disciples. Right. He could have he could have proved and fulfilled prophecy without having disciples, probably. He could have died for our sins. Yeah. In complete obscurity. I mean, no one had to know. Yeah. As N.T. Wright likes to say. Oh. That changes how you view discipleship. Yeah. That changes the purpose. We believe oh, that Jesus' messages were divinely inspired... We also believe as a church that Jesus' methods are divinely inspired. That relationship is the key component to discipleship. That Jesus spending hours upon hours upon hours with his disciples would have to be put on display. And that from there, disciples would live that out. Think about your most important relationships when it comes to your spiritual formation. Okay. Would you be the same person if they would have handed you a book? No. Yeah, I don't think I would be either. No. I I needed that life on life. Yeah. I needed to see it. Now, some of them did hand me books. Oh, yeah. That, books were sometimes part of the process. Yeah. Some some of them did hand me books, but that usually, and and I will put a caveat here, that usually took place after a certain amount of relationship. Right. Or if it was effective, it took place after a certain amount of relational capital was built up. Have you ever had someone just hand you a book and... And in some way, shape, or form, did not choose to have a relationship with you, but they handed you a book to say, "Hey, I think this would be helpful for you," and they walk away. Um, you know, I'm gonna just say yes <laughs> and not throw anybody under the bus. All right, but yes, have I had that happen in the last three or four years? That might have been an occurrence that has occurred in Logan's life <laughs> in the last three or four years. Oh, and, know, and and you know what? I can tell you, I've never opened that book. Yeah. I haven't even cracked it. Right. And it's probably a fine and dandy book. I mean, God could have sent another prophet yep. with another book. Yep. Uh, he actually did send another prophet, and he lived it out. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, baby. 
So, uh, so let's wrestle with, <laughs> with this, with this question. Uh, we talk about this in summer trainings that we do in relational discipleship, oh, yeah. church arena, which, uh, how much time did Jesus spend with his disciples? How much time did he spend? Well, well he started his ministry at 30, correct? And went right. to 33 for three years. Yeah, for those three years. Roughly like, thereabouts. How much time did he spend with Matthew? Mark, Luke, John, all those. I guess not. Not Luke. Not Luke. Luke Luke came after. Uh, Matthew, Mark, John, Judas, Peter. Why did Peter not get a gospel? That's a question I've always kind of just wondered. Why on earth did Peter not write a gospel? Well, I think... Uh... Or did John just hide it? <laughs> that seems like something that John would do. Or did John just write his faster? Um, I believe Mark... Uh, I believe Mark actually wasn't one of the apostles. Oh, okay. And you... and he was connected to Peter's, is what I remember. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Wasn't there... A, I thought there was a Mark in the... Am I lullaby affecting myself? I don't know. I might be. I don't know. Send me an email at info at missionridge.church and tell me how bad of a pastor I am for not knowing all the names of the 12 disciples. Go ahead and do that right now. Pause I, the, pause the podcast and, and, and send us both an email, apparently, because pastor fail. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay, so how much time did Jesus spend with his with his disciples? With his with with the twelve, uh, so knowing what I now know about a second century, I mean second century, uh, or no, uh, second temple Judaism, and that's that's what I was going with, not second century, second temple Judaism, and uh, the rabbinic period that Jesus fell in which I will be the first to admit I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but what I do know is that they spent a lot of time together. This was a, you give up everything and you drop everything and you go follow, and it is a full-time occupation Yeah, to be a disciple of a rabbi at that time period. It's not like, a, oh, I'm going to show up for class a couple times a day or a couple times a week. Right. This is not part-time night school. It's this a, is a full-on internship, and you move to Antarctica to go do the research with the guy you're studying and interning under. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, how much time did he... He did have time away. Yep. Remember that. Okay, so he took time away from the disciples to go off and be alone with the Father, which we would need to know. Like this, You'd need time resting. Uh, we talked about that in Sabbath. You need to stop and rest and and do and do that, and we see that modeled. And there are, there are times where Jesus would pull aside just just a, a handful. Few, yep, yep. A few of the disciples. Okay, so he didn't have all of them all the time, but and he was sitting at the well by himself for a while. So he sent him off on errands every once in a while. Right. Okay. So he had alone by himself time enough to get in trouble. Uh, get into those risque conversations with the, the woman at the well. Ooh, la la. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know what that means, go find an episode where we were talking about that. 
all right. So uh, ballpark number 75%. Seven, okay. So I'll se- throw 75% in. So 75% of his waking hours, and let's let's call that 12 hours a day. Sure. Yeah. So eight hours a day, seven days a week, 50-some hours, 60, we'll call it 60 hours a week. 60 hours a week, a little over a full-time job. Yeah. Yep. Of full-time disciple-making. Uh, how many of us in the world, even even as pastors, yeah, can we give someone 60 hours? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. We're not doing that. I, I, I don't. I would love. I would love to, but I don't. I can't. Now, I don't think we have to give that much time. Nope. We'll get to there. Okay. Um, maybe this Sunday. All right, all right, all right. Oh, man. Gosh, if only I knew what was coming on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'm preaching. Ha! <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. Yeah, so I don't know <laughs> if we have to spend 60 hours a week because someone is there all the time in our place. Oh. Oh. Huh. Um, Who might that be? Yeah. Show up Sunday, find out. Um, <laughs> but, but let's ask this question. So we, we can't match that. Okay. Yep. We can't. How much? Or at least it would be really, really hard to. It would be, you'd have to become a full-time, like. The, the majority of us. Yeah. That's not. It's not feasible. It's not feasible. It would have to somehow be your occupation. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, but how many of, how much of Jesus's time was Jesus kingdom-minded? Ooh. See, now for that. Because he, and I think the number even goes up. Yeah. Because when he's getting away and not spending time with the disciples, he's spending time alone. That's still kingdom minded. Right. That's me, to use an I statement, that's me, a me statement. Uh, <laughs> huh. To personalize this. To personalize this. Uh, that is me going away and getting Sabbath. Right. And saying, I need to do this in order to better minister. Jesus is getting away to spend time with the Father so that he can be a better teacher, so that he can be a better rabbi. Yeah. Oh, man. In order for us to be better pastors, in order for us to be better men, to be for me to be a better father and a husband, yep. for you to better shepherd your betas. Absolutely. Uh, better beta. beta. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Do you shepherd betas? I'm not sure what you... I don't know. Something. Is there a term for that? Um, Probably. Well, I mean, they're fish, so they'd be in a school, so we'd probably just teach them. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. To school them? To school your betas? But betas don't do well in a school. Oh, no, they don't. (laughs) It's much more a one-on-one sort of tutoring. (laughs) Oh, that's really dumb. Uh... Okay, but but even okay, so you'd be like, oh well, yeah, sure. So more time, but even sleeping, rest, just back to our rest thing, because you're not getting away from Sabbath ever. Rest, just literally the act of sleeping, in order to be eating, uh, breathing, all of that. If you you can, and this I talked about that the last week of the Sabbath thing. Like if we do everything. We have God at our center, and we're doing everything from a place of kingdom-mindedness. Yes. 
Really, that's what we're getting at is to be kingdom minded 100% of the time. Now, when I thought about this oh, baby. Uh, about 10 years ago, all right, all right. was when I first thought about this idea. And I thought, man, Rob, how often are you kingdom minded? Okay, so I go to church on Sundays. I have care group. Uh, I do some teaching on Sundays. So uh, I have to prep for that. I maybe make some phone calls. Hmm. About 10% of the time. <coughs> and oh, I that's found, sobering. And I found myself the other 90% of the time. And I didn't think about Sabbath because mm. I was too motivated, too dedicated, too driven. Sure. Too over the top. So I'm going, maybe I just need to start being intentional because we talked about Jesus was an intentional leader as a disciple maker. We could be intentional leaders in our homes uh, and and, and leadership is really about influence. It, it's not about control. Yeah. Uh, John Maxwell will say that uh, leadership means influence, has nothing to do with the position that you're in. Yep. In fact, positional leadership is one of the least least effective ways to lead. Valid. Yep. So all of us can be intentional leaders, people of influence, wherever we're at, there are people that I have responsibility for, but they influence me all the time in significant ways. And I really value and appreciate the way they do that. And they never try to control me. Mm -hmm. That's the best part. So if we could be, if we could work towards greater intentionality towards the kingdom on a regular basis, and move that needle, I think we would see maybe our greatest improvement when it comes to seeing God's kingdom take place in front of us. Mm. I like that. Just improve, improve, because Jesus was Jesus, so he was probably, I'm, I feel confident throwing out the 100% for him. Oh, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. He's Jesus. In fact, uh, you could see it in the Gospels. He's more intentional He's, he's as he gets closer to the cross. Nailing the uh, the 100% always kingdom-minded. Everything he's doing is for the kingdom. Uh, I don't know if that's... I think that should be... I, I think that should be my goal... I don't know if I'll ever attain that. And against like uh, you go to the shooting range and you your goal is to have the perfect grouping, right? Yeah. But it's not like you're go- you're getting down on yourself when Yeah, I'm not going to be mad when I shoot a good group. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, and, and, you know, I'll never be 100% over the course of my lifetime. Because, spoiler alert, I've already spent time where I haven't been kingdom-minded. Well, and I, and I just think that you if know. we're the kind of people that we say to God, I want to be kingdom-minded, and 
and I want to be more aware of your kingdom sure. and what you're doing in the people around me. Yeah. What you, you're just making yourself available for God's kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, I, yeah, that's you're just, the, you're just you, you, that, the level of awareness going up, I think is just what that's, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Increasing that, increasing that day by day by day. Yeah. No matter where you end up. Yeah. I like that. I think that's, just because that that could be that could quickly become a well, why would I even bother? I'll never be as good as Jesus, right? Never, a hundred percent seems unattainable. Uh, oh, absolutely. But that should be, you know, to constantly be working towards that, to uh, run a race, perhaps, you know, with uh, fervor and energy. I don't know. Well, and there's Gosh, there's, there's a number all of over the place here. There's a number of things that we do from uh, whether you're talking about running, sure, or for me, lifting weights, sure. Like I could go, man, that guy's lifting way more than me, and I'm gonna adopt his program for lifting. You know, and so, mm. and so now I'm going, hey, I'm seeing greater, you know, improvements when it comes to how much I'm lifting. This week versus last week, I'm I'm seeing seeing the kinds of Hashtag strength gains, gains that that I'm looking for. So, in in the same way, we could look at Jesus and go, mm. if I adopt his methods, oh, I see what you did there. They're divinely inspired. All right. If I adopt his methods, I'll start getting his results. Oh. Disciples. I, oh, I see. You know, I didn't because I was just, ba- you know, I'm kind of paying attention here. I'm like, yeah, Rob's doing an analogy here. Well, I'll tune in by the end of it. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I saw where you t- and you. That wasn't what I didn't expect you to turn make that twist there. That was, ooh, twisty, a little twisty. I liked it. I liked that a lot. All right. All right. All right. All right. Adopt that Jesus method and get them Jesus gains. There you go. Oh man, man. Discipleship, disciple ripped. Oh, that's shit. okay. I'm done. <laughs> There's uh, from the '90s. There, there was those T-shirts called the Lord's Gym. Oh, and uh, and, no. it's, and it's Jesus lifting the cross. Oh no! And yeah, he is ripped. Oh, of course. It's uh, yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> oh. That's some exit Jesus right there. Mm. Uh, it's my new favorite joke. Yes. All right. Speaking of being kingdom-minded and doing things. Okay, so we've talked about, like, how much time did he spend with the disciples? And right. you know there had to be, they like, they have to eat. They got to they gotta go travel. There's they, they had to make money somehow. You know, they had to talk, teach, yeah. I don't know, collect, buy, whatever, you know, they had trades, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, things, things have to be done during the week, right? They went to the temple, they worshiped they to together. The temple, you got to worship together. Exactly. Sure. There's stuff, there's stuff that they got to do during the week. Um, so things have to be done. Take that and apply that to our own life. You know, what can we do? But we started, we, we had that list up on Sunday of all these things that Jesus did with his disciples. Absolutely. And some of yeah. those were you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I guess they would have had to have done that. They're, 
most of them were pretty mundane. They were pretty normal kinds of tasks. Yeah. Like like equipping or or praying with or correcting or walking with, instructing, eating with. Eating. I love that one. Uh, you know, washing the feet, you know, yeah. so serving in some way, shape, or form. Sure. Uh, facing challenging life, you know, facing the death of a friend. Yep. Uh, they faced, you know, the death of uh, John the Baptist together. They faced the death of Lazarus together. The Lazarus was raised. Yep. But still, they experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jesus wept. He, he the cried. ins and outs of life. I imagine, I imagine they probably watch some people play some catch every once in a while. I don't know what, I was going to say like they probably went to like some Roman games or something, but they probably didn't go to some Roman games. That seems unlikely. Oh, there were probably games that the kids played or, you know, some kind of sport that's very Middle Eastern. Yeah. They probably enjoyed some sort of sporting event at some point. Yeah. Watched uh, cast some lots together. Cast some lots. Played some played cards. Did they have cards? I don't know. I don't know. They played Catan probably. Uh, a <laughs> little Monopoly. Little Monopoly. Little Risk. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, Uno. Shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cards to redeem humanity, etc. That was the Jesus version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Point being, point being, uh, as we look at this list, start thinking about how do we, how can I start integrating that into things that I'm already doing? Yeah. So I think the key reminder here, and I, and I tell people this all the time because I think we, we lose track of it. You know, a new person will come to church and like, oh, how do I get into their world so I could disciple them? Yep. And that's not the approach that Jesus took most of the time. Okay. He told Zacchaeus, we're going to your house. Yep. But that was that was um, the one-off. Less common. The sure. norm was, come follow me. Yep. The disciples went wherever Jesus was going. Uh-huh. And the people that I know that are really effective at making disciples, at really investing spiritually in people's lives, if we want to say it that way, is they invite people to do the kinds of things that they're doing, and they're as mundane as walking, as praying, as building a fence, Mm. as serving somebody in some tangible way of of teaching as they go. Watching the game. Watching the game. Yep. No, I remember uh, even, so the, the, that, that brought up a memory. When I was a kid, my youth pastor, we went to, so I was from Hagerman. Yeah. I didn't play football. So during the football season, um, I wasn't doing sports practices or anything like that, but that freed up and he invited me to go to a couple of the Wendell, uh, ba- like volleyball. I remember going to a volleyball game, I think. Uh, and I definitely went to at least one or two like football games, although his son played football. So most of the time it was, we were going to the Hagerman game. Sure. 
but I remember some invites to go to watch games. Mm. Or when I quit playing basketball, we'd go watch the Wendell, you know, basketball game together or whatever. Right. Um, that was a, he was just going to go do that as part of his job. Right. Uh, to go support and invest in students. But he brought me along. Mm. That's sneaky, intentional Terry. And uh, those conversations that you guys had. Oh, they were always useless. (laughs) 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 Definitely no discipleship occurring during those. No way. No how. How could that have possibly happened? Not intentional leader, Patrick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right, I see. I see what's going on here. (laughs) So what you're saying, Rob, is that I can invite people to go do what I'm already planning on doing Mm -hmm. and then use that Mm -hmm. for God's kingdom? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, so so maybe at work you see God at work in someone's life and he's just like, hey, boss, I want them with me. Oh, oh man. Or you see your neighbor and you see how they're struggling in their relationships. Uh huh. And you invite them over to help you with your friends. Oh, there you go. And you want to help them mend some things themselves. Oh, I see what you did there. That was a fence joke. Mm. That was offensive. That was offensive. Uh, yeah. Or, oh man, like, normal people uh i can't say that i do this because i don't but normal people eat three times a day correct oh geez i'm reminded that i need to eat today by the fact that (laughs) (laughs) have you not had any food today uh i had a power bar earlier and some coffee yeah powering through yep that's super oh calling myself out here great cool 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 Mm. no doubt no doubt uh, you got, but you got 400 calories out of 2,800 that you need so far. Yep, killing it, killing it. No wonder I'm feeling hungry. I'm What's the percentage there? That's below uh, my percentage of uh, why? Why we got kingdom mindedness? Yikes! I think. Yikes! Okay, so what you're saying is I should invite people to go eat more often. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was where I was going with that. Was like most people eat three times a day, so mm-hmm. I can probably just invite you know share a meal with some people's. Seems if like I, you did that recently. Uh, yikes. Invited someone to uh, to lunch. You actually invited the whole world to lunch, and one guy took the bait, and then he turned that into a discipleship. What? I didn't do that. My goodness. That Keep would running, never... Mike. Keep running. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> also, you've ruined it. Now no one's going to ever respond to my email or my uh, Facebook posts about, hey, who wants to go to Mac Monday? <laughs> oh darn it they've seen through the veil if i'm gonna be honest though if you didn't see that coming then i bet you he still shows i have a bridge to uh i have a bridge to sell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh all right so the point being we can do the things that we're already doing it, going for a bike ride i was i was really surprised when we when we went through this list the first time when i we were brainstorming as a group and we're throwing these these things up on the board. And mm-hmm. then 
I don't remember who was leading that particular training environment, but it's in Post Falls, Idaho. And they said, okay, which of these tasks can you not do? And even the miracle part, like Jesus says we can, like we, sure, we maybe that's not maybe part of our normal experience. Might be a little, little removed. But, uh, but still a possibility. Sure. But all the other things, man, I can walk, I could eat, I could talk, I could train, I could release somebody and, and then debrief them when they come back. Sure. You know, I can, I could meet a tangible need. I could, I could serve people with other folks. I could face tough life with them. Like I could do all those things. And it's kind of like, maybe discipleship is not as complicated as we make it. Or it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Not that there's not complicated parts and pieces that we need to disciple each other through. Yep. But. But it can be simple. Yes. I like it. I like it a lot. Well. And it can be a part of our normal lives. That seems moderately attainable. You know what? Now that we've got it all figured out, we've solved everything about discipleship, we can just go ahead and skip the next 10 weeks of the series, right? Nine weeks of the series. We got it all figured. That was it. That was everything you needed to know. Mm. Well, there might be more. There might be more? Oh. Uh, well, in that case, I guess we'll have to uh, tune back in on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon for a little, uh, little round two of disciple make it be a disciple make a disciple absolutely fantastic and then we'll be back at it again next week with the footnotey goodness hopefully with a masterful gen yes mm. there you go have a great week guys peace you've been listening to footnotes on the mission ridge podcast for more information about mission ridge please visit our website at missionridge.church Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.